This is a Web Canopy Studio production. I'm going to intro. Welcome, everybody, to Dropping the Gloves. I hope everyone's doing well. Happy Friday. We did it. We made it to Friday. The weekend's just around the corner. What a big weekend we're having, Tim. It is. NHL 21 comes out today, John. Are you going to be pumped for that? No, 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 no. Big milestone for Dropping the Gloves. One of the hosts is hitting one of those markers. Yeah. Mr. Wurzberger himself is turning the big... Three zero. Wow. Congratulations, Tim. You made it. Yeah, I never thought I would make it this far, but uh really cool. You started from the bottom, now you're here. Yeah. Thirty years it goes by quick, I can tell you that. I know. When you listen, now you have a successful podcast to show for it. And that's about it. That is about it. You're right. What are you doing for celebrating your birthday, Tim? What any crazy plans? How many dates did you line up? I don't know. Do you have anything like crazy planned, or are we just gonna just kind of kick back and have a couple beers at a bar? What are you thinking? I tried to get you a date last night, and you quickly kiboshed the whole idea. Well, I don't want to say kibosh, but you did not seem too interested. So I'm doing my best. I was out with my friends last night, and Tim's name came up, which which it always does. Yeah, yeah. And one of them said, hey, does your friend, is he still single? And I was like, yes, he is, of course. How do they even know about me, though? His name is Single Tim. I have no idea. It's very strange because they're not friends that you've met. And they just said, we have the perfect girl for him. And we we started a text thread between you and her and myself. And no one's really being active on this text thread. It was it was radio silence after I sent out that first text saying, "Hey guys, John here, just kind of starting the the messaging off. Let's go." Is it weird to have that introduction? Why didn't you at least say, "Hi Betsy, this is Tim." Yeah, super weird, super weird, and I just don't think I've setups like that just never go well. So I don't have high hopes. Well, I'm doing my best. Like Deirdre was here and we had a long talk about you and I'm just, we're just worried about you, Tim. We want you to find happiness. We I really am happy, do. John. So we, we tried that. I think for your 30th, you should. All right. All right. Well, fine. Good. Happy birthday. I might, I don't know if I'll see you tomorrow. We'll see. We'll see. We will see. I'm going to be laying my flooring tomorrow. That's the big day. I want to, I want to get the whole floor done in the house. That's the big I thought you were painting for a goal. It's it's painting today, painting okay. all day today. And I'm almost done. I've got the ceilings I've primed and now I've got the walls trimmed out for the most part. And so today I'm going to go in there and hammer out the walls. And then I got just got a lot of junk lying around. So I got to figure out a place to put it. So I might just throw it in the trailer and bring it back to my, my house. So we'll see. You got to set goals, Tim, for yourself. I know like kids these days don't like to do that, but I do. I set little goals and try to achieve them every single day just a little life lesson for you kids out there don't set big goals set little goals 
little little accomplishments. Anyways, Tim, my old friends. You know, speaking of feeling old, when I look around the league, I'm like, oh, I look at these guys with the birthdays. They were born in '90. They were born in the 2000s. For Pete's sake, it's refreshing. It's refreshing to look in the league and see some signings from some guys who were born in the seventies. It's so nice. Maybe not born in the seventies. Marlowe you know was. I mean. Yeah. No. When was Patty Marlowe? Seventy nine. Born in the seventies. Seventy nine. So he signed with obviously the San Jose Sharks. We talked to him last year. He said he wanted to play again. He got traded to Pittsburgh. Had a very unremarkable run with Pittsburgh. Everyone was excited. The show was excited. This is his chance to win the Stanley Cups. Stanley Cup. There's not there's not plural. It's not plural there. And then the, the Penguins just got demolished. And then I don't know. I don't know what I felt with Patty. But now this is his farewell tour, don't you think? Yeah, my gut reaction when I saw that he signed with the Sharks is has Marlowe given up on the idea of winning the cup? Do you think he has? I will quick answer that. Knowing him, the answer is no, but I don't think he had many offers. I truly believe San Jose was one of the few teams, if not the only team that reached out to him. And he's going there with the same idea that, listen, if I have a good year to start the year, I will get traded again at the trade deadline. Yeah. So this is a good deal for San Jose. They got him for no money at all. He'll break Gordie Howe's record there. It's going to, well, not that there's any fans that'll be watching, but it'll, it'll keep interest on the San Jose Sharks when he's approaching that record, much like when Cal Ripken was approaching that record. Um, and then when the when the deadline hits, it'll be good. They'll get us, you know, a third rounder for him. And that, that's a good value for San Jose. So it's a no brainer for them, and it's good for Patty. Like that's a big record, Gordy Howe all time games record. Yeah, but there's there's kind of a, uh, a a kind of a weird thing that could happen there because they're not going to play a full 82 game season most likely. So if they play just say 60 games and the trade deadline is about 45 games into that season, right? Marlowe needs to play 45 games to break Gordie Howe's record. He's 44 short of it right now, which means this is a scenario in which he either has to. I don't know if it's going to be on him to decide, but either he's going to break the record with the Sharks as a member of that organization where we played all those games, or he gets traded at the deadline and breaks the record with like Columbus or something. You know what I mean? And oh, and yeah. like, and he might have a he might actually have a choice to make. They might they might offer him that chance, and then like, which one do you choose? Because ultimately, you, even if you get traded to a contender, there's still only a, a chance of a chance that you win the cup. But then again, that's all that really matters to him. Or do you just you just hang it up and say, "Hey, this is my team. This is my organization. I want to go out with these guys and break the record here." So that that's kind of a crazy like Sophie's choice right there, right? Yeah, I think he he would go for the trade, knowing him. I, I don't think he cares too much about where he breaks the record. I, I think he desperately wants to win the Stanley Cup. Didn't you get that feeling talking to him? Like he just yeah. really really wants to win the cup. That's his sole sole um, drive right now. And then once he retires, I think anyone who knows hockey will think of Patrick Marlowe as a San Jose Sharp. No matter even – just like Ray Bork. When you think of Bork, you think of the Boston Bruins. That's how I see him. Yeah. So good for Patty to be back in the league. His running mate, we, we've seen some – just some tidbits about the Leafs sniffing around Joe Thornton. They've been trying to sign him for years, but he doesn't want to go to Toronto – he, he wants to stay in San Jose. He's made that blatantly clear. I really think he could he could write his ticket with any team. Any team would be lucky to get him because he doesn't need the money. The guy's made 
millions, multi, multi millions of dollars. He has houses in Switzerland and San Jose, beautiful, beautiful houses. He's got, you know, enough money to last him and his kids for lifetimes. He wants to play in San Jose. He's pretty much just doing whatever he wants, which, which doesn't make this that strange that he signed with his team in, in Switzerland, the Davos, the hockey club Davos, and he's, he's playing like he played yesterday. So what, what's your thoughts on, do you think Jumbo comes back to San Jose this year? I think so. Yeah. Especially now with Patty back, that probably, that's a nice little cherry on top for him. Yeah, I think so too. I, those two guys do not age. It's amazing. Now I'm going to pose this question to you as a San Jose, I'm a former player. Obviously I I'm good friends with a lot of guys there. I know the GM. Is this a bad move for San Jose? When is it time to just turn the page and move on? Or are they just trying to hold on to the nostalgia and just the good old years? Like when is, when is it time to move on? Cause they bring back Matt Nieto too, the former player. I don't know if it's like a bad move because Marlowe signed for like one year at the veteran minimum, I think. So it's not like it's having like salary cap implications and it's not like he's going to be playing on the first line like he has for the last 15 years. So I, I guess it, you get like a, a, a veteran presence who means a lot to the organization at a cheap deal, probably playing third, maybe second line minutes, maybe some power play time. And he's a leader, obviously. You can only help them. I don't think it's a bad. And, and similar with, with Jumbo, he probably won't sign for the minimum, but he won't sign for much more than that. Um, and what they mean to the organization. It's not like they have to have that kind of money or the role that they've had in the past in order to be helpful to the team. Yeah, just playing devil's advocate, I, I, I do think it's a detriment to the, to the organization. They have young guys in the system who are looking for minutes. The only way to get experience is to actually play. And they have that luxury now where they're not expected to win. So you can get young guys in the lineup and throw them on the second and third line and see what they can do. Jumbo and Patty take up a roster spot. They take up a spot on the second and third line, which could be filled by a potential guy who turns some heads. And now you have a guy who's playing on your team for years to come. These guys are going to be out of the league next year. And I'm just playing devil's advocate, but you look at other franchises who are successful. They don't have these ties to their players based on um, their, what's the word I'm looking for? Their loyalty. So there's no loyalty between the organization and the team. If a player gets old and ineffective, not that I'm saying Jumbo and Patty are old and ineffective, they move on from them. Or once a player starts to dip in production, they cut ties right away. And then the obvious example is football with the New England Patriots. As soon as they see you slip, you're, you're out the door. They, they got rid of the best quarterback of all time, arguably, in Drew Bledsoe years ago. So it's, um, it's one of those things where – how much loyalty is good? Does it, does it come to a point where it's actually hurting your franchise? You see with St. Louis, they really liked Peter Angelo, but they weren't going to pay him that money. They really liked David Backus. He was their guy. He was a St. Louis guy. But they weren't going to pay him the, as much money as he wanted. And it's just like, okay, when does loyalty come in? So I, I like the move that San Jose is making. I think it's um, good for the organization. But again, if, if I'm a kid who got drafted two years ago in the second round and I want to show this team what I'm, what I'm you know, working with, what I got to bring to the table, I'm upset right now. I'm like, come on, man. Like, we already have veteran leaders in that locker room. Couture's been there for years. Hurdle's been there for years. Burns and Carlson are there. Vlasic's been there forever. We have veteran leadership. We don't need any more. 
Anyways, I think this is Dougie Wilson just being a nice guy and doing the right thing, which he always has. He's a good dude. So, I don't know. Good for San Jose, I guess. But I can see on the other side how this, you know, could hinder the organization, not just in the short term, because a lot of these kids, they have like a short window to, to make an impression. And if you don't make that impression in a couple years, there's a whole new crop coming up who's going to take your spot. If there's a second rounder drafted every year. The longer they hang on to uh, Jumbo and Marlowe, it's like they're, they're kind of the face of the franchise. It's their team in a way. And maybe maybe you don't really get to see what Couture and Hurdle and some of those younger guys can can elevate to. Even like LeBlanc. Maybe LeBlanc is a is a 40-goal scorer if he just gets the top-line minutes. And like he, he's kind of flirted with, with some, some really cool numbers that we haven't get to see yet. And if you look at some other organization, this is not as, a, as an extreme an example, but like, Taylor Hall was traded a year after they drafted Connor McDavid. But yeah, this is Connor McDavid's team. Taylor Hall, we, they moved on from him. Similar with uh, Nathan McKinnon, right? They had he was kind of struggling his first couple of years in the league, and then they traded Matt Duchesne and said, "Nathan, this is your team now." And he put up 100 points the next year. You know what I mean? Sometimes there's that mental element too, where some of these guys maybe they feel like they're living under the shadow of Jumbo and, and Pavs a little bit or Marlowe a little bit, and they feel like they it's not their team. And when they if that happens, maybe they elevate their game a little bit. Well, that's exactly right. And I was in that locker room when that when the GM tried to do that. He recognized that the, the tide was shifting. He tried to give that locker room to Joe Pavelski. He stripped the C from Jumbo. He gave it to, to Pavelski. And it didn't translate into the locker room. You could tell that that locker room still belonged to Jumbo. He was the biggest voice. And he controlled it. And now we have a guy in Logan Couture. He's the captain. He's supposed to be in that, you know, in that room controlling things. How can you control things when you have two Hall of Famers who are legends for that organization sitting to the left and right of you? Like you cannot, your voice doesn't weigh as much. And I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. Even, even having guys like Brent Burns in there, and I'm not lumping Burns in with Pavelski, or I'm um, sorry, Jumbo and Patty, but Cooch, that's not Cooch's team. It's not. And as much as he wants it to be his team, it is not his team at this point. Until you move on, from that era, from that time when they made the playoffs all those years, you know, they had all those great runs until you turn the page and say, okay, we have to start again. Like it's, it's a new, it's a new era. You're never going to get that respect from the players. When a young guy comes on that team, he's not looking at Couture. He's looking at Joe, Joe Thornton and Patrick Marlowe. So it is what it is, but uh, that's a really good point. Like when are they going to move on and let Couture kind of, put his stamp on this team good bad or otherwise because we don't know his first outing as captain wasn't too solid this past year it wasn't too remarkable but maybe that was because they had all this outside noise you know very good point though tim well thank you john all right moving on what's next what's next on the docket Even though sports had a break, your business did not. You have to keep moving, and that makes hiring more important than ever. Indeed is here to help. Indeed.com is the number one job site in the world because Indeed gets you the best people fast. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only play for what you need and can pause your account at any time, and there are no long-term contracts. Plus, Indeed provides powerful tools to make your search that much easier. Say you work with a guy who's always unprepared, he's always late, he never looks like he's showered, and he just kind of, he just is weird, and you want to replace him. Someone like Tim will say. You go on Indeed.com, 
you, you put in your, your preferences and you search and you get the perfect employee. So go to Indeed.com right now. They are offering listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job posts, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. So go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Offer valid through December 31st. The wait is finally over and football is back. Now, you may not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team and player and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, Buffalo Bills, division, Buffalo Bills, and champion futures all day, every day, Buffalo Bills, Buffalo Bills. Head to Bet Online today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Don't forget to use promo code BlueWire at BetOnline.ag. That's BlueWire, all one word. They Bet Online. They are your online sportbook experts. The Canadians have been making some serious moves, spending some serious money. Wow. Can you list off all the contracts? Do you have that down? All the dollar amounts of all the money that they've spent? All of the the funny money that all of a sudden the Montreal Canadiens are just throwing around? Well, we can start with Josh Anderson right away. Yep. Josh Anderson signed uh, six years at 5.5, which is crazy. Well, I mean, you... You supported the signing. Yeah. Crazy. Crazy. It's just a lot of money. It's a lot of money. They also re-signed Jeff Petrie for five years. uh, uh, Average annual value about six and six and a quarter, which is also a lot of money for Jeff Petrie. Okay. That's, that's crazy. So they got Petrie. They got Anderson. Who else did they get, Tim? Tyler to Foley, four years at four and a quarter. I uh, really like this signing. That's a pretty cheap deal for him. Like he's a, he's a goal scorer, um, and they're loaded on the, the right hand side now with Anderson Toffoli and Brendan Gallagher, who's already on their team. Of course, he's got one more year on his current deal at three point seven five, but he just signed a long term deal at six and a half per. He's going to be there pretty much for his career. And by the way, Brendan Gallagher it might be the most single underrated player in the league. I was looking at some stats last night, and, and one of these guys tweeted something out yesterday that I'll bring up here. But basically talking about uh, Mark Dumont. He's a, he's a writer for The Athletic, I believe. Um, he said, since the beginning of 2017-2018, Brendan Gallagher is fifth in goals, which is crazy. He's behind only Matthews, McDavid, Kucherov, and Ovechkin. So he's ahead really? of McKinnon. He's ahead of Pasternak. Yeah, Dreisaitl. He's ahead of those guys. He's number one in shots, first in high-danger shots, First in rush attempts, first in rebounds created, first in uh, goals for percentage among forwards. He's just like he's a he's a really really good player that uh, that doesn't really get talked about too much, you know. Um, so it's really cool to see him get the money he deserves. He's a team that he's a guy that everyone would like on their team, and he probably don't like playing against him, but that's okay. That's a good player. Who else did they get? They got Jake Allen. Yep, two point seven five, I believe. Uh, 2.875. Yeah. Uh, so he's, but that's actually, he was under contract for one more year for 4.3. So he's, uh, they extended him. Um, carry price of course is under contract for six more years, but they also signed, uh, another, 
Uh, not Joel Edmondson. I don't know if they had him already. They I think that's it. Yeah. They, they spent 25 million bucks this off season. Is this Mark Bergevin's last ditch effort to make something out of this Montreal Canadiens team before he just gets fired and fades <laughs> into the sunset? It could be. Is this hard to watch as a Bruins fan with your biggest rival just loading up and getting all these really good players? And the Bruins have done absolutely nothing. They've signed Craig Smith, who is a decent player. We've talked about that. But is it hard to watch another team in your division just loading up and just really, really making a push where you're just sitting idly by? Oh, it sure is. Because, I mean, Anderson was a guy that would be a perfect Bruin, and they they traded for him for Domi. Fine. Uh, Tyler Toffoli is a guy that they've been linked to a lot over the past two years at both trade deadlines and the offseason. The, the Bruins front office likes this guy, but for some reason – didn't sign him, which is just crazy to me. Uh, yeah, and then like all these all these wingers are just coming and going. Like Taylor Hall, the Bruin, he should be a Bruin. And even like you go further down the list, Evgeny Dadanov from Florida just signed three years with Ottawa. That's another guy. Like the Bruins need winger help up front, and all these guys are signing with other teams. And they're like, it's just crazy to me. Uh, right now, the only name left is Mike Hoffman, really, of, of any impact. He's not a bad player. He's a goal scorer. And the rumor is uh, that he only wants a one-year deal. So hopefully that's the that's what they sign him for because it's a low-risk deal. And he's going he's gonna to pot you at least 25 goals, I think, but maybe more uh, if he's playing on a good line with Krejci, most likely. So it, it, Mike Hoffman doesn't excite me, but I'll be disappointed at this point if they don't sign him because they they have a need. He's the only good player left. And I feel like it's just it, – if, if they don't sign him – Sweeney has a lot uh, to answer for and a lot to explain for sure. I feel like now is the time where you start to get deals as GM. You know, that window of just the initial wave of sun. And now players start to get a little bit nervous because you see it every year where guys go without contracts and training camp hits and you're still not signed. And it's just, it's just a matter of the economics of it. There's not enough money to go around, and especially this year where the cap is frozen and revenue is frozen and no one knows what's going to happen. Teams aren't going to make any money like we've talked about. So owners are even more stingier with their money. So this is where you're going to get lots of deals as a GM. If I'm the Bruins, I'm reaching out to Mike Kaufman. I'll be like, hey, man, obviously no one's – people are kicking the tires. No one's taking you home. We'll give you $3 million bucks. What do you think? He made 5.2 last year. Number for him, it's a deal for Boston. You know, he gets to play with the Bruins, play with some top guys. If he wants a one-year deal – he can play with world-class players, put in 40 goals, and then, you know, boom, punch his lottery ticket next year. I don't like Mike Hoffman at all. I think he's a very, very overrated player. He's a liability when he's on the ice. He's a sniper, don't get me wrong. But his other aspects of his game know how to play defense at all, at all one bit. If I'm them, I'm going after, like, what about a Corey Perry in Boston? I know he doesn't do much. <laughs> like he's, his production has just went off a cliff the last few years, but I don't know, throw him on the fourth line in Boston, give him 10 minutes a night and see what he does. Maybe he puts in 15 goals. I think it's a, a nice little player to have in your back pocket. He obviously produces in the playoffs. You can throw him on the power play, stick him in front of the net. He's still got those really good hands. There's an Eric Halla who is still out there. I know he's been linked to Vegas. They've been kicking the tires on him. He's a speedy left winger would be a good compliment to a couple of those guys the Bruins have. There's some wingers out there. There's not any sexy players like you've talked about who are going to really 
drive the play and really create offense. These are the players you're going to get now are supplemental players. I would bring out Carl Soderberg. He played well when he was in Boston, when he was there. I really like this player. He went to Arizona and completely flamed out. Do, do, you, do you go with Ilya Kovalchuk, an older guy, but still, you know, we could put the puck in the net if you give him, give him a chance. And a friend of the show, Anthony Duclair, who refuses to come on our show, but he's still a friend. Black Lives Matter, Tim. He's racist. But I don't know. There are some options out there. If the Bruins pull any of these signings off, does this change how horrendous their offseason has been? Uh, it certainly helps. And, yeah, Anthony Duclair is the name I would love to see on this team. The only problem is – you, you don't really know what you're going to get from him. And he's he's going to want a longer-term deal. He, he's not going to sign a one- or two-year contract. Uh, so there's a, little, there's a little bit of risk there that you don't necessarily have with Mike Hoffman, who says he wants a one-year deal. But overall, I do like Anthony DeClaire, and I would love him on the team. I think he'd be a good Bruin. Because you also have to think about, like, Pasanak and Marshan are both going to miss some serious time at the beginning of next season. It was announced earlier this week. I don't know if you saw that. Um, but they both had surgery in um, – uh, September, and they're, I think, um, Parsonok's not, expect, not expected to play until February, and uh, Marshawn's going to need at least four months to recover, too. So you kind of like, you, they should be back for the meaningful games, but in a shorter season, they're kind of all meaningful, right? So then you kind of have to think about, like, what is what is the beginning of your season roster look like? Is Craig Smith, like, RW1, right? Is Jake DeBrus the best forward they have, if not a center, when the start of the season? Um, it's, there's some, there's a lot of questions to answer. Anders Bjork, what are you going to get from him? Um, so it's, it, there's a lot of questions and I think, I think, uh, Sweeney needs to, now that said, there are some trade rumors going wrong, especially out of, uh, Alberta, right? A little young, is Winnipeg in Alberta? Did I get that right? No, that's Manitoba. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, there it is. Uh, tell me, tell me what you're hearing coming out of uh, Winnipeg. I'm here in Sheveldayov. Their GM is actively shopping line A. I, I feel like that that bridge has been burned, and they're trying to get rid of him. I don't think line A wants to be there. I feel like he wants to go to a bigger market, and they they're just trying to part ways. And they're trying to get maximum value from him. But Sheveldayov, uh, he's a good GM, Chevy, and he won't just give away line A. He knows what he has. He has a primo grade A lethal sniper who hasn't even reached his prime yet. And those don't go on the market ever. And when they do, you better pony up a couple first rounders for his services. So he's not just going to give him away. And that's, that's the sticking point. Now, if you trade him to a team like Boston, you're, you're going to want three first round draft picks for him because Boston's first rounders, arguably like Goodrow said last episode, they're not really first rounders when you're picking 25th and later. Like that's just as much of a lottery as picking in the second round. So you're going to want a player and a bunch of first rounders if you're trading them to a good team. So it's, it's definitely still a fluid situation in Winnipeg. I don't know why, why do players go there that all of a sudden have a change of heart? Is it just the city? Is it the organization? I don't know. You saw with Dufflin, Dustin Bufflin, are you seeing with Patrick Laine where they just don't want to play in Winnipeg anymore? It's very, very strange, but that would be a game changer for Boston. He would be the only player that the Bruins could acquire to make this offseason a success. Because right now, it has been an epic failure. I would say they rank probably the last last place in the league of activity, of improving your team, of just doing anything this offseason. I feel like this has been a huge swing and a miss for Don Sweeney, which is rare because they usually make you know the right moves they get 
guys to sign hometown deals. They go out and get free agents because they want to play in Boston. It's not the case this year. And they have done absolutely nothing. So we'll see. Maybe Toronto goes out and gets line A. You never know. You can never have enough grade A snipers who don't play defense, Tim. That would just <laughs> fit fit in their mold right away. But we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, I would I I would love that. And I would trade first three first rounders for them. The Bruins never do anything good with their drop picks anyway, especially under Sweeney. So um, I think that would be worth it, and I think that they they got some uh, explaining to do. They got the balls in their court right now. They need to make some moves. Anything else, John? Yeah. So the next, no, just the next thing is I think now that the draft is over, now that free agency is over, now the players in the league are actively negotiating on when is this season going to take place? How is this season going to look? What are the divisions going to look like? Because they really haven't broached that topic yet. And they've just been dealing with all these other things. But now those things are out of the way. The main issue is, where are we going to play this season? We cannot do a bubble again. We have 30 teams in two different countries, 31 teams, excuse me, in two different countries, which is unique to most sports except for basketball. And you saw what they did with Toronto. They said, we, we're not playing in Toronto. You have to get out, of the, get out of the country. So will they have just a division devoted to Canadian teams? And will they have three divisions in the States? How is this going to look? I don't know. I don't think it's a good idea to have a division in Canada, but that's, I think you might just be left with that because the prime minister, Justin Trudeau, genius. um, He just came out and said, we're not opening up the border anytime soon. So we'll see where this goes. If there's a Canadian division and only a certain amount of Canadian teams get to make the playoffs, I think that's a bad thing because the more teams in Canada and the playoffs, the better. But I think that might be the only route to have a team, a division out East, a division out West and a division in the South and a division in the North. Boom. That kind of solves everything where you have the California teams, the Texas teams, then you have the New York teams all the way down to Tampa Bay. And then you have the teams in the Midwest, the Chicago, St. Louis, Minnesota, those groups, Columbus. It would be interesting. It would definitely create some geographical rivalries, which is great. Like St. Louis and Chicago already have an epic rivalry. Imagine having like New York and Islanders and Devils. How great would that be for them? You would never have to leave your house. You just jump on the train to go to games. It would be so fun. So we'll see what happens. Just keep your eyes open for that. That should be the next thing on the docket. And then just protocols. They've seen what happens in football. And now baseball is starting to get a little bit of an outbreak. Well, no, actually, sorry, baseball's in the playoffs. Football is the one who's having the outbreak, where it just seems like every week a different team is coming down with a different a virus. So it'll be interesting. The bubble was easy. The players are inside this thing. You can't get out. It's a whole different ball of wax when these guys are allowed to, you know, prowl and get out and expose themselves to the virus, Tim. It's so dangerous. But other than that, I, th- I think we're all set. I'm going to go paint and do flooring this weekend. And hopefully when we talk on Monday, I will have a completely different looking house. And then I need your help to put the fireplace in. Okay. You got it. Start heating up this bad boy because it is cold. It's already getting chilly. The leaves this, are falling here in Traverse City, Michigan. There's snow outside my window right now, I noticed. Crazy. That's just dandruff, Tim. <laughs> you got to wash your hair. You're all right just, john i wish the fans could see how bad you look it's your birthday tomorrow is that why you're just you're just depressed what are you talking about is that, are you happy that it's your 30th birthday or are you sad i'm happy i'm happy yeah what are you doing be honest though what are you doing for your birthday 
I don't know yet. I got some things lined up with friends. We'll just go out and grab some beers somewhere or whatever. It'll be nothing crazy. Okay. Nice. And what else? How many dates do you have? Uh, zero. Damn, be honest with the be honest with the with the listeners. Come on, everyone's invested in your life. Like, have you not gathered that? Yeah, I think everyone you. Everyone is completely invested in your love life. No, they're not. No, they're not. You playing Simon and Garfunkel? Is this? I'm not playing anything. What is going on? Oh my goodness! This is weird. This is a good song. This is really weird. I'm not. Something's going on. <laughs> Oh, that's too funny. Anyways, have a good birthday. If I don't see you, my man, I hope it goes well. I'm sure I'll see you tomorrow. All right. Maybe I'll come you. out and have a beer. Let me know yeah. where you let me know where you're going. I'll come on and buy one. Buy a pop. Anyways, everybody, uh, have a good weekend. Go have a beer for Tim's birthday. Send him a birthday card. Oh, how can they get you a birthday card, Tim? Give your address to everybody. No one needs to send me a birthday card, but thank you. I appreciate the sentiment. Can we give out your phone number so they can text you? Please just tweet at the show. I can run that account. That's more than enough. Thank you. Can we give them your phone number and see how many people text you? Happy birthday. No, they can just tweet at me if they want. 781-308-79. Can I do the last two digits? I don't care. Go ahead. Nine, eight. That's seven, eight, one, three, zero, eight, seven, nine, nine, eight. Text him happy birthday. Oh, I want to see how many text messages you get. How many do you think you're going to get? A couple thousand? I would say two, maybe. Maybe three. Prove him wrong, listeners. Maybe the first five texts will send something to some swag. Some, <laughs> okay, some John. hats and pictures and stuff. Just to sweeten, sweeten the, the pot a little bit. All right, Andy. Everybody, thank you for listening. Send Tim a happy birthday. Hi, Deirdre. Hi, everybody. And we will talk to you on Monday. Cheers. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening. Make sure you're following the show on Twitter at dropping underscore gloves for episode highlights, behind the scenes content, sneak peeks, and giveaways. Check out johnscottallstar.com slash shop for merchandise, including t-shirts, hats, hoodies, and so much more. And please, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts. It's so important to helping us grow so we can keep delivering the hockey content and interviews with the players you love. Thanks, and see you next time.